Well, Phil Nevin gets tossed. Mike Trout goes yard again, seventh straight game. Rendon is healing up, and we're wondering, should he come back? And do the rule changes change anything? Hey, let's get into it. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and we're available wherever you get your podcasts. Would you give us a rate and a review? Five stars, please. We'd really appreciate that. So would Mother Frisch. She would appreciate that too. You can give us a rate and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you're watching on YouTube, hello, you can subscribe and click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. Hey, we're grateful that you decided to join us for this edition of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every day. You've got the Frisch Brothers, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros., my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Well, it was one of those games where a lot of good things happened, but the Angels walked away with the L against the Guardians on Monday. Yeah. It was a 5-4 to four loss. Unfortunately, they were down pretty early 4 to nothing, and then Mike Trout and Matt Duffy both hit home runs. Duffy's first as an Angel, and his first yeah, since great. September of last season. And then Mike Trout, his seventh straight game, with a home run, Mike, he's one away from the MLB record, and he would tie it if he does it again in today's game. How about that? That's incredible, and it's Ken Griffey Jr. that's at the top of that list, which is great. Did you know he tied a guy named Kevin Mensch who played for the Texas Rangers? And I saw a great a great tweet on Twitter that said, man, I never thought that we would say Kevin Mensch and Mike Trout in the same sentence, <laughs> yet here we are. Here we right? are. And can he's I just speak Mensch. about Twitter for just a moment, Johnny? Can I just talk about Twitter? Twitter for just of a course. moment. <sighs> okay, this, uh, this is a bit, I got to get this off my chest. Okay. Listen, we know that Mike Trout hasn't been in the playoffs for a while, Twitter universe. Uh-huh. We know that, all right? So pointing that out every time Mike Trout does something incredible <laughs> is ridiculous. You don't need to point it out. Angel fans know he hasn't been to the playoffs in 2014. We know it's been a long time. We know we haven't won a World Series. We know this. And so pointing that out every time Mike Trout does something out of this world that anybody on your team never does is just simply ridiculous. Show. So shut up. Stop talking. <laughs> Don't hit send. Don't tweet. We just want to celebrate Mike Trout. Leave us alone. Thank you. <laughs> well done. Yeah, that's as, that's as dumb as tweeting L ratio, not a real sport. You're one of those people every time you tweet about Mike Trout not yeah. being in the playoffs or anything like that. Good grief. Uh, it drives yeah. me nuts. In the words of the kids from the Sandlot, you're an L7 weenie. <laughs> All right, go hey, ahead. Your boy, your boy Detmer's. Didn't have his best outing. It was five innings pitched, six hits, four runs, and three Ks. But Loop gave up the game-winning home run, or not home run, but the game-winning run. And it just was not a great pitching performance this time around. Is he hanging out with Matt Wise too much? Does he need to go back to hang out with Buddy Carlisle? I'm getting a call here. I'm getting a call. Buddy? Hey, Buddy, it's Mike. I was wondering (laughs) if maybe we could send Reed back down again. You could fix him, bring him back up. Cool. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah, he said it'd be great. He said That'd that be would great. be fine. That's Look, what needs to happen, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's honestly, it's his first full season. So I think yeah, that it is yeah. going to be that's, a new. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a new experience we need to remember for him. That. Yeah, to go through a full season of, of baseball and, and have a full professional season because he came up late August last year or late July, I should say, and then 
was hurt, so he didn't get to finish last season. And other than being in AAA, he's he's been around all season long, and he's been good, and yeah. he's been good since he came back from AAA. So uh, really can't complain about Reed Detmers too much. It, it is one of those games where you're going up against a, a, a lot of good hitters in the Guardians. I mean, it's yeah. not, not easy to go up against the likes of Jose Ramirez and Ahmed Rosario and those guys. Those they're they're in first for a reason, and and even though it's the Central, uh, they are the best team in the Central. Mike, can we please talk about the Ump Show in the seventh oh inning? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Thanks for tweeting about that because that was just fun to watch. But good um, grief! What, so what happened? Like so. Francona gets tossed, and and he had some really colorful language. It was oh, it was yeah. obvious that he was not thrilled, right? You know what the F stands for in Francona. <laughs> <laughs> Terry was like, "You're not a Francona. You're not a Francona." <laughs> yeah. What so was the deal there? There was a situation at home plate because uh, Jimenez was swinging, and okay. they couldn't tell if it hit him in the foot or if it bounced off of Stassi's glove, then hit him in the foot. The repl- replay seemed like it bounced off Stassi his glove and then it hit him in the foot and so yeah. Francona just wanted to check it but the umpire didn't hear him Culpa didn't hear him so they didn't give him the the timeout to check it and so Francona got upset about it and that's when he got tossed so then that's like five minutes worth of nothing right. happening on the field and Tapera tries to go for some warm-up tosses and before he can do anything Culpa steps in front of Stassi and says no 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 waving the finger and Tapera says why not? And he goes, because I said so. I could read his oh. lips. Oh, so, man. Number one, you don't want to tick off Ryan Tapera because we know he's probably the biggest <laughs> hothead on the team. Second of all, yeah. Phil Nevin comes out and is like, it's been like seven minutes at this point with right. no gameplay. Let my guy right. throw a couple of warm-up tosses. And so he gets into it with Culpa. Culpa makes it all about himself. Everybody tuned in to see Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, and Ron Culpa to, uh, in this game, apparently. <laughs> At the because Culpa. He... <laughs> so, wow. all of that to say, it was really ridiculous. And then the karma Culpa was Matt Theis. <laughs> hitting a foul ball, and it just smacked Culpa in the face. And I don't want anybody to get hurt, and I don't want sure. anybody to have any injuries, but it was just like... <laughs> it was a moment It was a moment where you went, that's a shame. That's a shame. It was, a sign, it was Jerry eating popcorn on his couch saying, that's a shame. That's a that's, shame. That's what that yeah. was. The ump show is so ridiculous, and I just get so tired of these guys having to flex their power. The, the, best, the best umps are also the best leaders, the ones that don't... Don't get in the way. They're yeah. the ones that want to just make sure that the game is flowing. Game. <laughs> right. And come on, like, like, let's have a conversation. If he's standing out there for five to seven minutes, let him throw a couple of warm-up tosses. Mm-hmm. Why are you Why are you freaking out about this? By the way, you were screaming and yelling at the other guy, the other <laughs> manager anyway. And so you you were the one that slowed this thing down because yeah. you didn't want to go and check the the replay. Like, this is all your fault, right. and and no matter how you how you try to twist it and turn it, it's your fault. And nobody, you're right, nobody's tuning in to see the Culpa Cabana. We don't want to see him. We don't want to watch him. Right? We don't want to even know his name. Right? I just want him to remember years ago in WWE when they couldn't even like mention the referees' names. Like yes. there was a there was a rule that you as the announcers rule. you couldn't even mention them. Right? And that's that's how it should be in Major League Baseball. Right. I don't want to know their names. Who, I don't care cares? about those guys right i'm not screech powers i'm not rooting for the umps (laughs) (laughs) i've got uh some breaking news here i asked our friends at around the diamond and if you're not following them on twitter and instagram you should do so at around the diamond they do great coverage of 
all things baseball. So please make sure you give them a follow and shout out to them. They ran a poll on who's going to finish with more home runs, Shohei Otani or Mike Ooh. Trout. And I asked him, hey, can you send me the results? I really want to okay. know who it's going to be. We'll share it on Locked on Angels. So Shohei Otani with 315 votes got 43% of the vote. Mike Trout okay. got 419 votes. He got 57 of the wow. vote. So, according to Around the Diamonds followers and the people who follow them on Instagram and Twitter, like you should, Mike Trout's going to end with more home runs, uh, huh. according to their fan base. So, listen, what do you think about listen, that? Send them, send them a message. Tell them that uh, put me down for Trout. I'm going to go Trout on that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why don't you go Otani so we have something to argue about later on? <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is every time Trout hits a home run, Otani seems to get it right back and vice versa. So, hey, yeah. if these guys are in the home run race against each other, that's fine with me because they're they're really pushing each other towards greatness. And it's like, man, can we just get a full season with these guys playing together, please? Because every time they're on the field together, it's something special. So, again, Mike Trout makes it seven home runs in a row going for the MLB record. Today, we've got Jose Suarez versus Morris of the Guardians. Let's see what Suarez can do on the mound, and let's see Mike Trout Get to that MLB record. Coming up on Locked On Angels, should Anthony Rendon come back this season if he's better? We're going to talk about that, but first, Locked On Angels is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest uh, football league developments, great matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week games, which were incredible. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. You can head to the website today, or you can use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet online, where the game starts. We want to thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Mike, it's time to talk about rules. Rules, rules, rules. rules. Okay. Let's get into some of the changes that the MLB approved without the Players Association's consent, essentially. <laughs> it was yeah, they had representatives huh? on the board, but it seemed like uh it seemed like it was a, a MLB driven decision because they had more representatives on the board of decisions. Yeah. Way, to, there was way to promote good team. relationships there, guys. That was, that yeah, was exactly. <laughs> however, however, I'm not too upset about these rules. So here's, let's go through yeah. a quick list here. Uh, the rule okay. changes for 2023. Uh, the pitch clock, 15 seconds without runners on, 20 seconds with runners on. So players mm-hmm. are going to have to release the ball in that time. It's shaved about a half an hour off of games in the minor leagues. So you're seeing a lot more two hours and 40 minutes kind of stuff happening in the minor leagues. So that's great to see. Larger bases, which I think at the end of the day, it's fine. It's safer for the players, especially over there at first base. We might see a little bit more running on the bases and stealing and things like that. You're laughing. Johnny, did you see Did you see the meme on Twitter of Jose Altuve, who was about an inch tall yes. on top of the base? <laughs> the bigger bases with Altuve yes. on it. That was great. That was great. They're like, whoa, those bases are huge. They're humongous. <laughs> And, of course, this one is probably the most significant. The ban of the defensive shift. There has to be two fielders on each side of second base with both feet 
in the dirt until I believe the ball is released from the pitchers when they can finally move around. So you're not going to see guys loaded up on the right side of the field for a lefty anymore and vice versa. Uh, too bad for Albert that he's retiring this season because he would have a career resurgence. next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Mike, the goal of each of these changes is the pitch clock, of course, going to increase the pace of play. We're not going to be up until 11 o'clock doing our show after a <laughs> right. game when it's at home. <laughs> yes. Banning the shift is going to lead to more offense and larger bases, of course, safety of the players. Now, I know banning the shift for me, I am bummed about that because I've always been somebody who believes that if you can't beat the shift, then you need to learn how to beat the shift. You got to learn how sure. to hit the other sure. way. And it, to me, takes an element of strategy out of the game. So those are things that I'm disappointed about. However, I think that teams will adjust, hitters will adjust, players will adjust, and it'll be interesting to see what happens in 2023. But Mike, how do you think this is going to affect our halos come next year? I think it actually will benefit the the young pitchers probably more than anybody because they're going to get into a healthy rhythm on the mound. You mentioned Mm. this on yesterday's episode when you see like Suarez, Detmers, and even Sandoval when they're getting the ball and then they're getting ready and then they're throwing it and then they're getting the ball and they're getting ready and then they're throwing it again. They get into a really healthy rhythm instead of walking around and thinking to themselves. I think this is why guys like Verlander and Max Scherzer are so good because they get the ball and then they, they might take a lap but then they're right back on the mound and they're mm-hmm. ready to go again. They're they're focused and they're fired up. And I think this will really be helpful for the young pitchers and Johnny for some of those young guys that are coming up from, from double A as well. Yeah, those guys are used to it. One thing about Suarez, he has one of the longest times between pitches mm-hmm. in the league. And I, I, I say that realizing when he came up and over the last year and a half, he was very slow between pitches. But you notice that he's better when he has a better rhythm on the, on the mound yes. and he's not yep. taking forever between pitches. So hopefully that will improve and we'll see his pitching improve as well. I'd be interested to see what it, what it effect it has on like our stars, like Trout and Otani, even mm. even guys who I would consider stars like uh, like Walsh. Um, when, when you have guys that are having to always try to beat the shift, but now mm-hmm. they aren't able to shift, it'll be interesting to see what happens with like Mike Trout because the Jays put four guys in the outfield when he was up and then he hit a home run over their heads. But mm-hmm. even Otani, like Otani has to try to beat the shift every single time he's got such a great swing to left field that it's not a big deal but I think for somebody like Walsh it might actually we might actually see his batting average raise and mm-hmm. he might bet he, he could be back he'll be healthy too but he'll be back to his Walsh of 2020 2021 right mm-hmm. and so that'll be that'll be exciting to see and then the larger bases just less injuries and boy do we need less injuries on this <laughs> the team. angels especially yeah yes Johnny you you actually in our in our host thread you actually brought up a really interesting question about uh, pickoffs because there there are limiting yes. pickoffs as well. And uh, locked on Angels Hall of Famer Steve Granado uh, was still in hey. that that we don't we don't get any we don't kick anybody out because we love him. And so he actually is doing minor league play by play minor league mm-hmm. baseball. And he commented back and shared some interesting information. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So I reached out on our host thread and I said I'm I'm a little confused because after the second pickoff, can't the player just nearly walk to second base is that what's going to happen here and steve in his experience who is calling minor league games where they have this rule for the rail riders the new york affiliate the uh, yankees affiliate he said that guys aren't really trying after that second 
pickoff. Like the, nobody's really running after that. And then Lindsey Crosby said he's, of course, the host of uh, Locked On MLB Prospects. He's got a lot of great minor league knowledge. He said that if you attempt a pickoff after the second one and you don't get it, then it counts as a balk. So wow. that runner's going to be able to move. So it's really do or die for the pitchers. And it also answers my question of what happens if the runner is all the way to second and and the pitcher can't throw technically. So right. I was confused on that, but it makes more sense now because walking to second base three quarters of the way there, then that pitcher is going to get him because he's so far off the bag or he's so yeah. close to second base. Yeah. So. I think my my fear was uh, alleviated there because I I was unsure about that rule when I was reading it over, but those guys brought some clarity to the situation, so that was great to see. And you were talking about Walsh and his batting average, and I think about I think about David Fletcher. I think that mm-hmm. Fletcher will be a stronger hitter, even though he's really had a resurgence just because he's healthy again. And then with with Shohei, you're right; he is such a good opposite field hitter a lot of the time but I saw a tweet that said he would have gosh I think 11 more runs or yes, 11 more I saw that was it runs or I think like it was 11 more, more hits or something along those lines or he, yeah. he it would go up it would go up it would he, it would he would benefit the most because of this yeah so of everybody on the team right he would benefit yes. the most out of this so we could probably do a deeper dive into these rule changes at a later time and and consider you know, how it's going to change the game in 2023 overall. But I think just at a, a surface level view, I'm excited to see what it brings. And I feel like every anytime there's a new rule change, I think teams will adjust. I was listening to our friends over at, at Talking Halos, Jared and Nate, and they said, you know what a team's going to do if they can't have a shift on the third side or on one of the sides of the infield, they're going to bring that outfielder in. So the yeah. outfielder is going to be the uh, the third man in the shift, and there's no rules against the outfielder, so we'll probably see some weird things like they yeah. said. I thought I think, that was pretty I hilarious. A, I think a lot of that is, is, I mean, that's where we've come from, right? That's where the shift actually came from was people mm-hmm. going, well, the numbers say that this happens, and so, yeah, the shift in what the rules are right now might be banned, but there's going to be other ways that they're going to get creative in playing yes. defense, yep. and and that's where I, I, I do appreciate the creativity. I don't know how much more offense it's going to create. It's probably going to help, like, it would help, like, an Albert Pujols, right? It might help a Jared Walsh, but overall, it may not really benefit offensive production like we think that it's going to and I think the other thing that we're going to have to prepare ourselves for is there's going to be a lot of post-game complaining from the players and from managers who are going to Mm. go well that's ridiculous or this or there's going to be weird moments with the pickoff and they're going to have to try to figure that out which we don't need more ump show so the more clarity (laughs) that they can actually bring to the players I think will be better Hey, speaking of friends in Angel fandom, our friend Andrew, who runs Angel's Top Plays on Instagram and is at plays underscore angels on Twitter, he brought this info uh, to our attention. Anthony Rendon is fully participating in defensive drills, and he hit some BP on Monday, so that was excited to see. He's supposed to be out for the rest of the season. Suddenly, there's talk about him coming back 
before the season ends, Mike, and that would be exciting to see. And yep. you and I thought this would be a great idea for him to come back. And one of those reasons is because remember the brawl with the Mariners? Well, Rendon got a suspension in that, yep. but because yep. he was on the IL punching people with his cast. A well-deserved um, suspension and a well-deserved yes. slap <laughs> of Jesse Winker. That's right. <laughs> he has to serve five games from yep. that brawl. So if he comes back this year, he could serve those five games. And of course, he would need to play the remainder of the games or at least be on the roster because you can't just serve your five games and then disappear again. So right, uh, right. he would need to be, be actually on the field playing again. So perhaps he could serve that suspension, get that out of the way and be ready for 2023. I think that's a great idea. I also think that if he does come back and does serve that suspension, then it also gives him an opportunity to play and maybe get right mentally because Mm. he's not going to have that opportunity until spring training and the next season next year. Mm -hmm. And so getting him a couple of at-bats this season, I think would be really beneficial to him because he's swinging the bat and maybe even putting him in the, in the infield, letting him get, letting him get some live ball action, maybe taking him out in the fifth inning, right? Because we're not going anywhere. And so letting him get those reps, I think, would be really beneficial. He can have a normal offseason and get ready for next season and do that in his regular routine instead of saying, well, I haven't swung the bat in all these months and I haven't mm-hmm. played defense in all these months. Allowing him to get a couple of reps could actually be very beneficial. So, Johnny, should Rendon return if he's healthy and and able to return. I think he should. Honestly, it's, it's yeah. it would be great to have him back. He could get back into shape with as much time as left in this season and I think the Angels really need him. Now, I don't think that he should be overworked if he's taking a day sure. off. I'm not going to complain if Matt Duffy's playing third or somebody else is. I'm not going to complain. I yeah. do want to see him come back and see what he can do and help himself get right, but it's not one of those situations where he needs to be in there every day. So it would be great to see him healthy. It would be great to see him make some awesome plays over at third base, as he always seems to do. And get right for 2023, because that's another thing, Mike, is anytime you bring up Anthony Rendon, it's, oh, he's a bust. He's a wasted contract. Look, the guy's been hurt, and you can't help injuries. Injuries are going to happen. They've just adversely affected his last two seasons, and people are quick to forget how good he was in 2020. He was the best player on our team other than Mike Trout in 2020, and he was 10th in MVP voting. And that's not a coincidence. He was really good for the 60 games that we had him. So all that to say, I would be looking forward to seeing him come back and get right, get healthy, and be prepared for 2023. But what about you? I would love to see him come back and do the suspension, get it all out of the way, and then get a couple of at-bats, play some defense, because I, I'd love to see what a healthy Rendon could potentially look like. And then he's got all of offseason to really get his body right, because I want to see this Anthony Rendon that we've been excited about, man. I want to see the 25 to 30 home run, 100 RBI guy. I want to see mm-hmm. the 290 batting average. But the biggest thing I want to see is his defense. He is a yeah. game 
changer when he's out yeah. there. And and he's, you know, no disrespect to those that have filled in for him, but he is just a game changer when he is yeah. out there. And you think about earlier this year, offensively, like he was the one that knocked in the game-winning run against the Nationals that everybody mm-hmm. went nuts about, right? And yeah. he's yeah. that guy that can do those things. Even when he was struggling at the start of the season, he can come up clutch when it matters. And yeah. I want to see an, a healthy lineup with Trout, Otani, and Rendon back to back to back. I mean, that mm-hmm. is a powerful, powerful lineup. And I think that what we saw earlier this year when we were 27 and 17 is is what it would look like with Rendon back in this rotation, back in this field, back in this batting batting lineup. And so I, I want to see him come back. I don't want to rush him back, but I think that giving him a couple of reps before the offseason would be a really wise thing to do. Definitely. Yeah, you mentioned the clutch factor. If you go to his uh, situational hitting, his averages with runners in scoring positions uh, we brought this up before but his averages with runners in scoring position are really high and he's come yep. through and he's delivered now again it wasn't very much of this season but in the moments that counted he made them count so i think it would be great to have him back It'd be great to see what he can do get those five games out of the way so that you're not serving those and we have him back right away in 2023 it would be great to have him in the lineup day one come next season. Well, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen to Locked On MLB Podcast with Paul Francis Sullivan. Brings humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every single team and share some of the biggest stories from around the league. You can follow the daily league-wide podcast, the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to follow the number one daily Los Angeles Angels podcast, Locked On Angels, you can do so at Locked On Angels on Twitter. And of course, you can reach Mike and I at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. We're always memeing it up over there, and we love having you along for the ride. Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? Well, Sam Blum actually tweeted out a really interesting article last week about rosters and how many people we've used on our roster specifically. Mm. And then he interviewed... 187,000. 187,000. Oh, yeah. uh, he, he talked uh, to Perry Manassian, and they were talking about depth. And so they actually have some conversations about the lack of depth on this team. And so you and I are going to talk about a strategy that could actually probably work for our team so that we have great players and great depth. And we're going to talk about that tomorrow on Locked on Angels. Looking forward to saying the word depth a hundred times and <laughs> screwing that up. So uh, that's good. Grateful, grateful for that conversation. All right, Joe, we hope you'll join us tomorrow for more Locked on Angels. Until then, my name is John and that's my brother, Mike. Depth, depth, depth. <laughs> And my name is Mike, and that's my brother, John. We'll see you right back here tomorrow for more Locked on Angels.